0: This is Matt Dietz and this is Simply Explaining Insurance. This is the show where I tell you what you need to know about insurance in a way that you can understand it because I know what you don't know about insurance and I know what you need to know. All right, real quick, do me a favor, send me a text, 208-213-8809 and if you text me 20 policies and you hit send... I will send you a free resource pulled right out of my master program that will show you how to write 20 policies this week. It's time to supercharge your pipeline, and that seems to be the thing that a lot of agents are struggling with right now, and so I've got 10 ways for you to write 20 policies this week. 208-213-8809. 20 policies. Get in. Are you dying for something to be easy? Does everything seem just that much harder these days. You know, do you hate accord forms every time you want to apply for something? I've got something to make your life a little bit easier. I want to introduce you to Brightco. Brightco is an online jewelry insurance company that has made buying insurance for your jewelry so easy. You can get a quote in like two minutes. You answer six questions. You can do the quote. You can bind it. You're going to be done before you even know that you started. Brightco will manage all payments, claims, reporting, and commissions all on this slick portal. And in a world where our tech feels clunky and lethargic, it is a breath of fresh air to have something modern at our fingertips that make our lives easier and our customers' lives easier. So go to bright.co slash mattdeetz, that's brit dot C-O slash M-A-T-T-D-I-E-T-Z to learn more and go right to that site to get appointed. Let's go. All right, real quick, uh, I have a different show today. I have a guest on today, and my guest is Jeff Shee. Jeff is an uh, agency owner. He was he started off in the captive world. He's uh, gone on to the independent world and has grown massive agencies. I met him last year at the Embrace Conference. Uh, we both spoke. Uh, he crushed it on stage. We've stayed in touch, and uh, it was time to have him on the show. So uh, we recorded recently, and I'm going to share it with you today. So Jeff brings a ton of experience and expertise. Is that the same thing, experience and expertise? I don't think. I think it's different, okay? So he brings both of those things to the plate, um, and he's so smart on the operational side, and he also knows what he doesn't like to do, so he finds good people to do that for him too. Uh, We talk about staffing. We talk about marketing. We talk about growth. um, We talk about acquiring agencies, all kinds of really important stuff that are going to be helpful for you. So Jeff, Glad we finally got a chance to do this. Thanks for coming on the show and uh, spending some time with me and dropping some really important knowledge for the listener. All right, enough about that. Enough about me. Let's let's get on the conversation. All right. Well, I am joined today with my friend Jeff Shi, who is the founder of InsureTap Groups. What's up, Jeff? What's going on? How are you doing?
1: Good. Been Good. waiting to be invited to the show, and finally here I am.
0: You got it. You've been making the rounds. I see you've been doing the the podcast insurance podcast circuit. So thanks for coming on to my little show. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you today. I saw you talk at Embrace the Embrace Conference uh, last year, and uh, you gave a great talk. So, um, interested to kind of have a chance to pick your brain one on one. Instead of in front of you know five hundred people, so be a little more intimate today, if that's all right. So, yeah. by the way, well, I had a
1: lot of fun at that conference.
0: That was fun. That was a good group of people. Yeah,
1: you For were sure. up there too. So, yeah, you know, we both got a chance to speak on the stage.
0: Yeah, it was really fun. So, buddy, why don't we start? I'll I'll throw you just a nice lazy, you know, change up right down the middle. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, like how did you get into insurance? And what are you doing now?
1: Sure, I am from the great state of Virginia. Nothing really exciting here. We're like little hamster wheels. Uh pay mortgage, get stuck in traffic and uh get on with our day and watch Netflix.
0: But Virginia um, is for lovers, right? Is that right? Yeah, there you yeah, go. Virginia right. for
1: lovers and <laughs> we are home of data center. A lot of people don't know this until Elon Musk circled the world with Starlinks. Um, 70% of the entire world internet come from Ashburn, Virginia hard cable.
0: It's a good piece of trivia. Yeah. So,
1: you know, been in the insurance industry since 2011, uh, started my world with, uh, organic scratch agency out of all state and, um, and then tons of failures, tons of mistakes, tons of learning curves. Um, you know, rookie of the year, our first year with two people. And then the first two people that joined me in the organization are still with me today. You know, shout out to Yolanda and Fernando for believing in me. Wow! And um, since then, you know, just trying to achieve a little bit little bit more at a time, one more policy at a time, one more household, one more new team member for the company. And, um, you know, to one point, we're built up to 60-plus people. Uh, 23,000 policy in force, six locations in Virginia, Maryland, and um, we served six states, if you count Washington, D.C. as a state, and um, had a lot of fun doing it, and um, 2019 sold my business and um, went independent, had a partnership, did not work out, you know, we had a fallout after two years and then moved on. And now we're starting from scratch again. So right now we're building up an independent agency again. You know, we have a pretty good mix of commercial and personal line. I would say 60, 40, getting close to 70, 30 right now due to the market condition in the personal line space. So more leaning toward the commercial side now. Um, Learn a lot of things. Well, as I will say, you know, build my backbone from a captive company. You know, I was on what they call um national advisor board. I was on three different board at one point and um done some regional speaking events, national speaking events. Um made a lot of great friends over the years. And I would say I wouldn't be here today without the friends I made and some of the great mentors I had. Very and good. continue to give back.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, I've had some mentors in, in my career. I, I remember how, how much I didn't know when I started, and tried to get in front of people that knew more than me. I've always tried to, you know, align with people that knew more than me, you know, from the beginning, and even today, you know, I have people that I call when I run across things that I haven't come across before, and so it's always nice to have someone, you know, to reach out to me, like, hey, man, what would you do here, or how do you do this? It's it's so important, you know, if, even if you're brand new or if. You're a 20 year agent. You know, it's good to have people to talk to for sure. It's a tough industry, right? And it's changing all the time. So you got to do your best to stay ahead of things as best you can. Um. So you, when did you go independent? 2019. Okay.
1: And right. then started over again in
0: 2022. So right. two journeys. Wow. Wow. All right, well let's talk a little bit about like when you're first getting started, okay? Like what do you wish you were told before you opened your captive agency? Like we all get hired on, you know, you might have been recruited, you might have talked to a recruiter, you know, and they said, "Hey, if you build if you do these things, you know, you'll be successful." And the things that they tell you to do might sound really easy to someone who's green or who has never been in this industry before. And um so you open your doors and all of a sudden it's significantly harder. Than you were told, you know, so I'm curious, like, what were you, what do you wish you knew, you know, before you started?
1: I would say the journey looks different for everybody. Like, you know, for example, if you are wanting to get in shape, well, a 300 pound person don't take advice from a 200 pound person trying to get to 180, right? A 300 pound person take advice from someone who was 300 pound and got to 240 pounds their diocese is going to be completely different. Their challenge is going to be completely different. So same thing here. As you go from zero to one, you look a lot different than someone go from 500 to 1,000. Sure. So you know, the advice you need to take shouldn't be someone that's completely opposite from you, right? So there's agent who took over a book of business. They have infrastructure in place. They have policy in place. They come in and they do the same amount of repetition work every single day versus someone who starts a scratch agency. It's two completely separate worlds. It's not the same of Apple versus Orange, right? And, um, you know, your world looked different. So I kind of broke it down in a couple categories, you know, of the things you need to know. Uh, these are eight things that you need to know before you walk into it. And then you need to not have the most detail in everything, but at least you got to put it on a piece of paper, start writing out what am I going to do with it. I remember when we called a field sales leader, Dwayne Krupper. Uh, he recruited me into Allstate. He was making me do business plan. I hate a business plan. I'm like, I'm a killer, right? Killer. <laughs> we go out there, we kill it. And I don't need business plan. That was your business now, plan.
0: Two words. Killer. Yeah.
1: Now looking back to it, like I actually started to do a lot more business plan even before I opened anything. And um, the more time you take on um, business planning, the better your business I look at some of the business I have failed, and I would say a lot of times the things that I have failed on are the things that I lack the planning on. I rush into it because I was arrogant or because I just listened to everybody else, right? So yeah. take the time on your business planning. Make sure you have good access to cash flow. Make sure you have good liquidity. And also one thing that nobody talk about is make sure you're in good mental health. You know, If you're going through a divorce right now, no, this is not the time to open agency. If you're fighting any type of financial turmoil, this is not a good time. If you are fighting any type of health issues, this is not a good time. Because when you open an agency, you are most likely going to the biggest stress challenge of your life. You know, yeah. I can I don't know that many things outside of divorce or having a kid that's more stressful than opening agency, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, Hey, real quick. For Sorry. when it comes when when it comes to business plans, um, I remember when I when I wrote my first business. No one told me how to write a business plan. They're like, "Man, you should have a business plan." I didn't know what that looked like, but I wrote one anyway. You know, I was like, "What do I do? What do I need to be successful?" And I think I remember writing down like three or four core things like staffing, marketing, sales. And I think I had like three or four pillars: customer service. And I think I started just just writing like what it looked like in my mind, and uh, like from a marketing process. So I I wrote down as many marketing ideas as I could, and not just ideas. I think the more specific, the the better your plan is going to be. You could write down I'm going to work internet leads, or that I'm going to join a networking group. But it's more important to spend time and thought on what are you going to do when you get an internet lead specifically step by step by step by step, you know, how are you going to be successful in a marketing group? You're not just going to join one. Like, what are you going to do? What are your goals? And I remember spending quite a bit of time just writing and writing and writing. And it really helped me flush out a lot of things that I think were in my head. Um, it made, it forced me to think of how I'm going to do it how I'm going to attack these certain things. How am I going to get great service? What does, what does it look like when somebody calls into my agency? What's the greeting going to be like? So talk to me a little bit about, you know, writing a business plan from scratch. So
1: before I give you the eight pillars, I want you to write down a piece of paper of where you are. Where do you want your agency to be in five years? Right. The, business plan need to go out five years. So how many policies, how much premiums, how many staff, that should be the first thing you write down. And then you're going to take that number and you're going to divide by 60 months, right? And that's the number you need to produce every single month. And given the 20% retention loss on new business year one, you need to take that number and times 1.2, right? So if you go to be five, uh, let's just say you go to, go to be $5 million in five years, then that's a million dollars a year, right? That's 83,000, it's 83 or 86? 86, $86,000 a month. So you need to take $86,000 a month times 1.2. So whether that is like 9.8 or 9.9, 9, I think my math is off, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's what you need to produce every single month because you need to keep up with retention laws just on the first year. And then after that, usually 15 to 10% year, two year, three year, four, depends on which type of line you're writing, preferred or standard. And then, you know, a business plan divide, you know, I kind of roughly broke it down to eight pillars. Um, The first one is know your business. Know your business is, depends on how much insurance background you have, you know, before you can teach anybody else, write down a process, you need to be able to go through each, individual training and know your business so for example all the policy you need to be able to do the quote do the comparisons do the billing do the claim follow up know how to read everything know how to read every CRM every portal every dashboard Um, and then you can once you understand it and then you can teach your next person your right hand person that you plan to hire your staff that you plan to train you plan to groom so know your business and then Build a process. It's the next step after you know your business. And then plan out cash flow, right? You know, your cash flows, you need to understand what you need to make every single month after tax. You need to bring home. So then you start drawing on what your business need to make. And then you need to have an understanding of if your business need to make X amount of dollar, then how much sale do you need to be at? And keep in mind, you got to put in the 20% new business retention loss every single step of the way. And then tech, right? You know, there's so much tech choices. Some carriers, that's captive, like State Farm. I'll say you're much, much restricted to your tech choices. Farmer, from what I have seen from the current regime and then the old regime, that you guys are pretty liberal on tech choices. You know, you can choose your own tech choices. Uh, there's a lot of good ones out there. Uh, personally, I'm a pretty big fan of Agency Zoom. I know the original founder, and um, I was probably one of the first five, first 10 customers they had. Um, Ricochet is also a really good one. So, really depends on if you are just building your business on pipeline referrals, networks, or if you're going full blown internet leads and live transfers. Um, there's also Lightspeed Voice, you know, agency Zoom paired with the Lightspeed Voice. It's a good combo, you know, that's just a couple of comparison that's out there. Um, and then you have your um, smaller tech stuff like Lost Run Pros, Canopy Connect. Mm-hmm. Um, you have what's another one that recently I really liked. I'm drawing blank. I'll come back to it. Yeah. Um, and then just you know, just be on the lookout, be open to it, and um, you need to understand these CRMs because it's part of your training when you hire staff. To a lot of time, I see staff grasp. Um, insurance faster than they grasp the CRM and then the technology portion of it. So that's really important. Um, and run out the next four, marketing, hiring, recruiting, training and coaching, time management is the last piece, time management of yourself. You know, you we only get eight hours a day, you know, 480 minutes a day, right? And how you maximize those time. Will separate yourself to the next person. You know, some of the most successful people I ever met, ninety-nine percent of the time, they're the best time management people.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, success, most people think, is based on brilliance. I will argue that as much brilliance as much as discipline. You could be below average, but if you're disciplined and you punch the same way every single day, a thousand punches equal to a person. Who have 20 punch and punched it 20 times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Discipline is really important. Time management is something that I struggled with early in my career. And I had to learn how to discipline myself with time management. You know, it was, there was so, there's so much to learn. There's so much I didn't know. I had to learn sales. I had to learn system. I had to learn how to train people. I had to learn, I had to learn everything, you know, from scratch. And it didn't, I didn't feel like I had enough time in the day. And I tell agents all the time, you know, there, there's a lot of work that can be done during the day that is like fake work. It's not real work. It's not moving the needle. You know, it's not filling your pipe nine. It's not closing deals. You're just putzing around, you know, doing a post, you're creating content on a post, you know, that's not gonna, that's not gonna get you anything, or you're just going through emails all day. It's not getting you in front of people. It's not quoting. There's a a lot, of work that can be done that just, you can go home and you can feel exhausted, but you didn't do anything, you know? So it's really important, you know, to be true to what you're talking about when it comes to, you know, the business plan that you're writing out and the things that you need to do that you're actually doing them. It's so important. Um,
1: I would recommend one book called eat that frog. Yeah. E- eat that frog or eat your frog by some guy named Brian, I think. And uh, Brian Tracy talk about, yeah, Brian Tracy. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's about reading, uh, doing things in the morning. All the things that you hated the most, and do it right away, and get out of the way. Yeah. So whatever you dread doing the most, and do it first thing in the morning.
0: Yep. Well, let's talk a little bit about marketing. It's one of the things that newer agents struggle doing because they're not taught. You know, they might be told one way to do it from whoever hired them, or if they're on their own, they they don't know at all, you know, but like, what would you, you know, how do you recommend filling a pipeline? There, there are many different ways to do it. Uh, But I'm curious on what your take is when it comes to marketing and earning opportunities, you know, what would you tell a newer agent? Hey, here's how I would fill a pipeline.
1: Uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there trying to find 20, 30 lead vendors. And I I'm not on that boat on that one. Like I think only when you have a super size shop that you go out there trying to find 20, 30 lead vendors and then really sit around and compare the quality, right? Um for me, I'm more on the bow on find one single lead vendor and really build a relationship with them. Build a relationship with them and say, Hey, how do I improve on these leads I buy from you? You know if I spend more money can I get consistent credit if I spend more money can I get consistent reviews like you know uh Ricochet for example you know you can upload all the audits your results and send it back to some of these lead vendors and they will review the stuff they send you and give you analysis on what's working for you what's not working for you and which um which lead source, right so there's an R and there's science to it without Turn it into this into a two-hour podcast. Um, make sure you can work with the lead vendor that can review your lead source, your lead results. Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out right now. Shout out to uh, Matt Ricker and uh, Greg Spano from EverQuote. You know, in my years of buying leads, I will say nine plus years that you know their guys have done a pretty decent job on delivering leads from internet leads, auto home live transfers to all the way to, you know, take everything we got, you know, we send them back on what's not working, uh, who we cannot reach, where bad batch leads, bad quality leads, they analyze it and they try to make their job better. There's no perfect lead company. But you know, I would definitely say find lead company that work with you and say, hey, we value business and we will look at what we send you thoroughly. And then try to improve on um, the close rate of the stuff that we send you, right? You know, yep. Africa is just one of the guys that's out there. There's a couple of really good lead vendor out there, and then some of them are even um, co op vendor approved. You know, so make sure you look through those. And um, I would say your marketing dollar one thing is it got turned into quotes. It cannot be a passive. I still see agents, you know, really excited about direct mail and, you know, bus signs and billboards, those are unmeasurable branding models. It's hard to turn them into a direct analytics um, results thing that you can say, hey, if I turn up the knob a little bit, I will get much more return because I have a science, I have results to back it, if that makes sense.
0: Yep, yeah, no, I I think Direct
1: mail, you need really like five to six batch of hammering the same area over and over again. Not knocking direct mail, that doesn't work, but it's not a rich person it's not a poor person's game, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um yeah when it comes to marketing, you know, my thought was always there's you know there are a couple dozen ways to get out and market and to earn people's business. You know, you can buy leads um, you can do direct mail. You could get involved in leads groups in your town. You can do all kinds of different things. And I always just tell agents, you know, try them all and find out the ones that are performing and that are bringing you business. And I think also find the ones that you you're good at and that you enjoy. And if you can isolate a handful of marketing systems, that you enjoy doing and that you're good at and that are driving business you know i think that's the magic uh that you're trying to to define because it's driving business you're enjoying it and it's working so um a lot of different ways to do it um and everyone's different you know some people just buy leads some some people buy no leads you know it's just what's working for you but you gotta you have to try and try and try. You've got to fail. Like you said, you got to fail and fail and fail, get rid of the things that don't work and continue to do the things and double down on the things that do work. So yeah, it's tough, you know, and talk to people too. talk to your mentors and talk to other agents that are doing well. I think, I think, I think the agency force and not even with your company, like just the agency force together can be pretty collaborative. Like, like what you and I are doing right now. We're both agency owners, you know, sharing what we know. I think that the people are open to to talking and this There's plenty of business out there for the people that want to go get it. So, yeah. Um,
1: you know, if, you, if you're in Texas, right, I know a lot of Texas agents saying, you know, it's tough out there right now. And I also know that a couple of my friend of mine, Jason, Jason Flemings and Josiah Harley are doing record numbers. You know, they're doing 450,000 a month. And, um, and those guys didn't start there, you know, they worked their way every single week, every single month to get there. And those are two of the nicest dudes on earth. Like they are always open to share, you know, I've been doing this for 11 years. I don't hesitate to reach out and call Jason, call Josiah say, Hey, what are you guys doing? Because, you know, there's nobody
0: at all. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about staffing and hiring. I think having a st- having the right staff and team in place is probably one of, well, it's, for me, it's the most important part of my business. You know, it's the, it's the grease that keeps the gears turning and they drive business and they keep our clients happy and they do a good job. Um, but it's also one of the more difficult things that we have to do. A lot of agents that come in and start an agency from scratch have never managed people before. They've never hired people before. They've never trained. They've never coached. They've never fired. They've never disciplined. They've never encouraged. Like- it's a brand new skill set that a lot of people have to do immediately and it's hard you know um so when it comes to hiring and if you're looking for someone that's good at sales which is the toughest hire to make cuz everyone thinks they can sell but very few can do it well you know what do you look for when you're sitting across the table from someone and you're interviewing someone to be a salesperson like what do you do to try and identify if they have a good chance in succeeding in your agency?
1: I just have three rules. They're a little quirky. Um, I'll ask myself, you know, is this person trainable, relatable, coachable, right? And, um, of course, there's a single rule. Is this person ethical, right? And, um, you know, we work in a very heavily regulated industry. And when you lose your agency on compliance, It's a bad reflection on you, and not just that insurance fraud that they can lose their license, but you can also lose your license. You know, I've seen people go to jail for insurance fraud. Mm -hmm. And you know, part of my interview, I actually laid that out. I was like, if you ever do anything to jeopardize your license and my license in this company, I'll fire you, and I'll prosecute you. I will cooperate with state department insurance and the federal prosecutor or state prosecutor, and go after you. You know we don't play around when come to our livelihood here no you know i have had one point you know 60 plus people working for my captive also agency and you know the independent we have up to 177 and you know a lot of those tough conversations are just need to be set one time and you need to set it up front because you, know, you don't ever want someone who you hire to take away your ability to earn a living on a livelihood, right? Right. So outside of that hard conversation, when you have one time, you know, the other things I look for is I have this one weird thing where I ask myself, like, would I be able to enjoy lunch or dinner with this person if you don't work for me? Would I enjoy go out with you? You know? And then the other question I ask myself is Would I trust you with my kid? Would I trust you with my daughter? Would I trust you watching with my son? And um, you just go up around, you know, go to Starbucks, go to a bar, you know, think about all the people that work there. And you ask yourself that question. Think about going to a barista and then ask yourself those two questions. And then go to a bartender and ask yourself those two questions. It's actually pretty impactful if you yeah. try this exercise and and then you know build that two question inside of your head because it leads to trust and it leads to we spend nine hours a day with each other that's more time than we spend with our spouse we need to be able to get along yeah right and you know I see some female agency owner only hire females there's like ten of them you know and there's not a single dude. I don't knock it, you know, if that's what you feel comfortable, that's how you feel like that's how you should be spending your nine hours. You don't want problems at your agency. Hey, that's you. Do your thing. Right. So, you know, everybody needs to ask themselves those questions, go through their own exercise in their head. And um, I cannot give you a blueprint of how should things be
0: done. Do you have any questions that you really like? To ask during the interview process to determine if somebody is coachable or determine if they have real sales acumen do you have any like questions that you really like that will help filter out some people quickly or that would make you raise some red flags or or anything like that
1: yeah I have a couple questions I asked to make to understand who they are um so I would look up a resume right um I will hold it in front of you. And let's um, just say 2021, you are ABC Motors 2020. You're ABC Construction Company 2019. You are ABC um, Office, right? Yeah. And I'll just go through each one with you. With you and now I want to say, hey, why'd you leave? Why'd you leave? Why'd you leave, right? And then at some point, I'm going to ask a tough question and say, so... Do you always quit every time when it gets tough? We all know the reason they're sitting in front of you because they left somewhere. Yeah. Whether it's three places in five years or four places in five years or one place in five years. They're going to give you a reason. No matter what that reason is, I'm going to say, so did you just quit because it got tough? And I just want to see how they respond to criticism, whether they think that criticism is fair or not.
0: That's a good one. I it haven't can, heard that one.
1: It can get defensive. But you know what? Our customers are going to challenge them every single day. You got to have balls and stick to into working insurance. Yeah. Because nobody out here praising you like your mother, Teresa.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're just really at that point, probably just looking for some honesty, you know, not excuses. You know, if I was asking that question, you know, we've all, yeah. You know, you ask that question a lot of times really, well, you know, know, we look for things to, especially if they're within the industry, if you hire someone that has worked in the industry or interviewing someone from within the industry and, you know, they've hopped around from agency to agency. Yes. I mean, ask why have you left these agencies? I've had had applicants say, well, because I know how to do this job better than my last agent. I was like, well... That was the end of, you know, that interview for me. Like they're obviously causing problems, placing blame and things like that. Um, Or, you know, we,
1: we might have a different view on this one. I don't always do that as a bad thing because just because I know there's a lot of insurance agents who just hire people and they don't show up to work. So and they tell me that they're like, Jeff, I don't want to hire someone around my office. I don't want to go to the office.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's the way I, I, mean, it was, uh, they were pretty abrasive. Um, and yeah, and it was a gut feeling, you know, I was like, I don't want someone in, you know, I, I'm not looking to come in here. I, I don't want my role. When I come in is I want to micromanage someone for like 90 days and then I don't want to manage them at all. Like that's my goal. You know, I want to train them up, train them hard help them hit their numbers and then I want to give them the autonomy to do the job without me hovering over them at all. You know, I want, I want it to be like a self-cleaning oven, you know, like let's, I, I just want to get to work. I don't want to have to manage people. Um,
1: let, let me ask you this question, Matt. Are you a better trainer? or are you a better coach?
0: Am I a better trainer or am I better coach? How do you? A
1: completely different personality. Um in different stage, 90 days. I mean, that's a good pre- question. I
0: mean, I think that 90
1: days, you're a trainer post 90 days. You're a coach.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you have to train them and teach them in the first 90 days on what you, what the, you have to set your expectations. You have to train them on how to do their job and then you have to hold them accountable. Like that's what the first, you know, three to six months, if they make it that long should look like. And then, yeah, I think you need to transition to coach because if they're doing their job well, it's all about motivating and, you know, keeping them happy being there for them, you know, with whatever they need. I'm looking to have a, a collaborative space, you know, so that people's voices are heard, that it's safe, that's, we can all work together. You know, I'm not like, I'm a player's coach. I'll put it that way. You know, like my employees really like me
1: in my organization. I'm a horrible trainer. I don't even attend. I don't train. Like I haven't trained in six years. Yeah, um, Fernando Yolanda, They have gr- they're great trainers because they are they are the things I am not, right? They have really good personality traits that I am not, which is patient. And thank God that God sent me a woman that's very patient. You know, I was able to marry my wife, and then one thing I was looking for was someone with patience. And um, you know, when you taking on a new employee, it doesn't matter if they are and the industry will well, also industry. They still learn new things every single day. They still learn how to operate within your agency. So as an agency owner, whether you're one staff or 10 staff, you need to understand it takes two different personality to be a trainer, to be a coach. Coach is basically when they are walking, when they are running. You want to teach them how to fly. And you need to be able to look at statistics of their quotes, their talk time, their number of submission quotes to closing results right and then they're cross out their retention like first of all being a coach is almost like a data analysis person and the second you say why do you fall in these results and then try to have an imagination of why why and how they got there and then talk to them through it so it is different personality
0: definitely yeah and these are things that's you have to learn at some point in your career, like when you don't have your trainers, you're the one that's training, you know, in the beginning, right? You have to be the one doing that. And then you have to learn, yeah, to transition to a coach. And these are things that that don't innately come to most people, but we're thrust into this position as a business owner with employees where you've got, these are rules that maybe you weren't told when you got hired, Hey, you're going to have to learn how to manage people. And you're going to have to learn how to hire them and fire them and interview them and do all these things with people. And um, again, it's great to go and talk to mentors, you know, when you're having struggles with your team or building a team, you know, just seek good advice and then just build your own style and, you know, Culture is really important in my agency. I want people to want to come here. I I want to give them the time off that they deserve. You know, I want them to work hard. I want them to feel like they are an integral part of what we're building here. So, and they're not just a transactional employee punching a clock. You know, so that's my goal, with my people. And I give
1: you three three red dot survival guide of surviving. Yeah. Uh 24 month in insurance world. Yeah. So I just made up this on the fly just thinking about it while we're having this conversation. There are three things you have to plan in order to survive your first 24 months. And then the first thing you have to plan is plan your contracts. So as we become captive agency, how do we know we want to do insurance? How do we know we want to do farmer? How do we know we want to do all state? How do we know we want to do benefit sales or life insurance sales, right? We don't. And then, how do we know we're going to be good at it? Right. right. At the end of the day, we can have all the confidence in the world, but reality smack in the face. Uh, end of the day, right. Um, plan your contract. So, every contract you get into, whether it's internet contracts, whether it's rental property, running your office, right, don't personal guarantee it. Renegotiate all the terms when you get those contracts. Have attorney look at it, push back on any personal guarantees. Right now, the person who wants to rent the office is in charge, not the person renting the office, right? right. So between internet service, between office contracts, between CRM contracts, most people, they get a five to six CRM contract by the end of their career. Easy. And um, you know, some of these contracts are one year, two year, three year, four year, five years. Always negotiate down the length and always negotiate, even if you pay more. I'd rather pay more and negotiate down the lane because you never know if you're gonna like a CRM or not. You want the flexibility to get out. Right. So yeah. the second thing is planning access to cash, right? You know, there's a lot of banks out there like Capital One, like uh Discover, like you know, Chase that have fantastic business credit cards that have anywhere between 12, 15, 18 months, 0% you know, take those 0% access to cash. You take those credit cards and for you to go out there and have those 0% for 15 to 18 months is much better than to have a fancy metal American Express Platinum card that off the bat charge you 23%, right? Yeah, Always get access to capital. Like there's uh, Farmer Federal Credit Union loans. I see, you know, Janet and a couple other girls, you know, and guys on my Facebook news feed you know, farmer federal credit union, for example, have, you know, lion credit, right? Whether it's capital, you know, credit union or banks, as SBA loan, SBA semi loan, fantastic product, get as much capital stretch out as long term as possible because cash flow is the equalizer to mistakes. You can make mistakes on hiring, make mistakes on lease, make mistakes on CRM, but you know, building a business is having enough runway to bend your mistakes. And then the last thing is go to those happy hours, go to those top golf, meet your district manager, meet your field sales leader. And if you're in State Farm, um, I don't know what you guys call your field people. I don't know what State Farm call their field people, but, you know, there's always agent retiring, right? Whether you're gig, Seeded a book, gifted a book, where you go buy a book of business. Man, your district manager or your field sales leader gotta be your best friend. Whether you know you're Trumper and they're Biden, or whether you're Christian and they're Muslims, I don't care. You're here to for a business purposes. You guys need to figure out a way to like each other and work together. So, you know have a sit down with them, show them your five-year plan, show them where you want to be. And, you know, you can grind your way organically through a book of business, but if you find the right book, right deal, it is electric bolt to your career path and yeah. how you, how to get to your end goals.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. All good. Yeah. Good points. Um, well, the last question I want to ask you is about like the state of the industry today. Like the last 12 months, 18 months, and then the next 12 months to 2 years we are in a space that i've talked to 30 year agents they're like i've never seen anything like this before Nothing, yeah. um it's really tough out there you know what does an agency owner need to do to kind of survive it and then what do they need to do to position themselves you know to to reap it you know once we once we come out of it i mean there are companies that are not writing certain products in certain states anymore. And I just heard of a company that's going to non renew monoline homes and yeah. in a state. And like, wow. they're real heavy impacts that are happening like every week. It feels like, you know, there are these meetings that are happening like, yeah, hey, we're going to cut commissions. Or if you don't write this much, we're going to drop your renewal commissions. Or it's, there's a lot going on. We're not writing these types of products anymore. We're not writing homes over half a million dollars anymore. We're just, we're not going to write restaurants anymore. Like the restrictions are just coming and coming and coming. And even though we may have more companies that we can go to, to write with every company is tightening up. So like, what's your survival guide for, for those in the field that are just in the middle of it right now? Like what are you telling people to do?
1: First, just breathe because <laughs> You might think I'm a farmer agent, I'm an auto agent, I'm having these challenges, but I'm in the independent world and the storm is a storm. Yeah. You know, we all in the storm together. And, you know, the second thing is, I don't think, you know, this is the end of the 2023 thing. You know, right now, today is 9 20, 2023. I think by 9 20, 2024, we will still have the same conversation. You know, some people are seeing this as a 2025, 2026 end game. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen the housing market appreciate 50% the last 12 to 18, 18 months, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So when you have a thousand dollars insuring four hundred thousand properties, and when that property appreciates fifty percent to six hundred thousand dollars, should it still be a thousand dollars or should it be fifteen hundred dollars? right? Same yeah. thing with auto, right? Like we can't expect property to appreciate 50% and then the insurance only go up 12 12%, 12% or 15%. It doesn't, the math doesn't work. Nope. And um, there's other endless things I can get into, but you know, my advice just hanging there, you know, and those advice doesn't apply to anybody in California.
0: Yeah. It's, it's tough, right? We're having the same conversation with clients. Why are my rates going up, right? Why are my rates going up? You know, you just got to be there for your clients. I think a lot of the times people take their insurance personally, like, why did you raise my rates? It's like, well, so you have to really work on, on your empathy and the way you talk to your clients about why these things are happening. You want to keep as mu- as much as you can. So, you know, having an empathetic conversation, being prepared to have that conversation hundreds of times over the next, you know, year or two is something that I think we all just have to be ready for. Like you're going to have this conversation with your clients, the same conversation with different people for the next year and a half, you know. And you have to really nail that conversation. You have to do it well. And you have to remember that the the 300th time you have that conversation with a client is the first time you're having it with that client. So you can't you can't get worked up over it and be like, Jesus, I have to tell this person. Now you have to, you've really got to be calm and collected and professional. You know, our take is like, we explain what's going on. Most people understand it. You know, I usually ask clients, you know, what could we build your house for 10 years ago? And they say $300,000, you know, what would it cost today? And they're like $600,000. And once they start saying the numbers, like they start nodding along and understanding why their insurance premium's gone up because it's gonna cost twice as much to rebuild that house. But on the flip side, we always find ways to bring that down, you know, whether it's a deductible change or bundling or or something. It's like, look, I know we just took your premium up 38%. I can get you 15 of that back if we make a couple of moves. And then they're generally happy and then you're gonna keep that business for for longer. It's tough, but like, this is the season that we're in with our businesses. If you have a book of business, you know, so keeping your clients is, is just as important as earning new business. So we fight like kind of a two front war. You got to, you have to bring in new business, but then you got to keep it. So there's a lot of moving parts that you just have to do your best to prepare for it and be like, this is the reality that we're in. I chose to be in this business. I chose to open this kind of business. (laughs) This is all a choice, you know, like if you hate it, you know, get out, you know, but we're all here by choice.
1: I'd like to add one more. So, you know, if you have a book of business or you have decent policies in force, make sure you love your CSRs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's manager or your CSR, their job is tough, you know, so if you can spend one day, say something nice to them do it because they need to hear something nice once per day.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Surprise them with a little bonus, buy them lunch, give them a day off, you know, whatever, just out of the blue, make them feel appreciated. It goes a long yep. way. Yeah, you're right.
1: Worth, worth matter. And they care weight.
0: Yep. All right, buddy. Anything you want to add? I'm all out of questions for you. <laughs>
1: I think it was fun. You know, we knew this was going to be fun where two yeah. guys have a lot of experience in the industry. So, you know, when I first started, there wasn't podcasts I can reach out and listen to. So, you know, if you want to follow me and just listen to my daily post, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn, Jeff, she, I'm pretty easy to find.
0: Yeah, Jeff, you do a lot of really good stuff. Um, we're connected on LinkedIn and you have a fun Method to your madness because you do some stuff in the insurance world, but you also put out stuff just to make people think whether it's about the economy or like crypto or like about like the environment or just you put out thoughtful stuff that sometimes it's a curveball, which is nice. You know, it's a little bit different. Um, I think you put out a lot of content that makes people think it's engaging. You know, it's easy to get to know you that way a little bit. So, yeah, I think you do great out there.
1: I just think the world is not always black and white. It's gray. So. I'm uh, getting people to look at the grace.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Jeff, we did it. Thanks did for it. coming on the show. It took only a year, but we made it happen. So <laughs> thanks for coming on. I really appreciate your expertise. You're doing incredible work out there in the field. The fact that you're willing to share you know, it means a lot to, to agents. It means a lot to me that you're willing to spend some time and share your expertise. This is not an easy job. You know, any information that we can get from people who are successful will be helpful, you know, to anybody. And so, um, thanks for coming on and and sharing what you know, and, and giving people some sound advice on giving them a better chance to succeed. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. All right. There you go. That was me and Jeff, just talking shop. Hope you learned something. Hey, my name is Matt. This is Simply Explaining Insurance. You can find me all over the place. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, Jeff's very active on LinkedIn. You should connect with both of us. i um, on Twitter and Instagram at DJ Agency. You can find my master program at agencylaunch.net. Don't forget to send me a text, 208-213-88809, and send me uh, 20 policies, and uh, I'll send you a resource that will help you write 20 policies this week. All right, thank you so much for listening, and be safe.